Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? It's your boy, SSJ Blackrod, here with the crew. We got James, we got Rod, and we Hello. also have a special guest in the building. We got the tall guy, you know. We got Aiden in the building. What's good, man? Woo, what's up? Good to be back. It's good to have you back, man. It's, it's been been since the beginning of the year what a what a wild uh uh like chain of events since you've been on the show last time <laughs> i um, don't know you know what it's every dream to hunker down and just play video games in the safety of your house who would have thought it who would have thought at the beginning of 2020 we would have been like man we're gonna be hunkered down like tackling our backlogs but then at the same time still buying new video games so you're really not going anywhere but uh here we are this is where we're at right now How's it, how's it going? This? this is what we trained <laughs> 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 It's exactly what we trained for. Perfect. But yeah, how's, how's everybody doing today? What's going on? James, where have you been? Good. I am almost through with my trip through Midgar, so I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. um, since I haven't been going much of anywhere else. Actually, I'll scratch that. I've been doing a lot of walking recently. You know, okay. just getting out the house. Yeah, trying to do two days now, just a couple miles around the neighborhood. Nice. I was supposed to do that today too, but then I ate and then like got the itis and then fell asleep. So tomorrow I'm gonna go double as hard because I was I really wanted to go out and at least like run or do some sort of like you know uh, cardio. But yeah, once once you get mac and cheese in me, that's it. You gotta go with the AM, man. As soon as you get up, just force yourself out the door. You'll be good. True. Hmm. All right, and then we got Rod. Yo, Rod, what's good, man? Hello. Uh, it's, it's it's good, man. It's it's good. I got uh, very lucky this week because uh, my company has actually got hit with the first wave of furloughs, uh, which, you know, it's crazy because I thought that we were relatively safe, but, you know, no one's safe. That's the lesson of the week. Um, so that was, uh, you know, sucks for everyone involved. Lucky for me for now. But hey, um, you know, not not counting those chickens before they hatch. So, you know, we're just taking it day by day, man. Surviving, just surviving. Hey, that's the that's the best that's the yeah. best thing to do, honestly. Is just you, you know take take it day by day, and then even even then, like things things get better. Like you just have to you know stay with the positive attitude, take the the best mm -hmm. in everything. Because uh, as bad as like certain people felt, you know, a couple weeks ago when all this stuff started. Look at this now. Like we've made it, you know, to this point where supposedly we're flattening the curve, but um our genius of a governor and some other governors believe that <laughs> we're doing so well that we could go ahead and open back up. But uh when you got a bull. We got a bull. When like when when oh when like this Friday? <laughs> when uh when everything opens yes. back up? Hey man, so that was the top four things that they opened back up, you know. Listen, the hair salon, I need my cut. Come on, I, I the three people <laughs> bunkering down with need to know I got perfect hair. Bro, like that's that's why I've been like rocking the headbands again, <laughs> and like on my streams, I'll have like a hat on. People are like, yo, aren't you hot? I'm like, yes, yes, I am very hot right now, but I still have to have some sort of appearance on the stream. So, yeah, um. I think that's gonna be a negative for me. Uh, <laughs> like, I think it's a horrible idea to open, you know, the, you know, business world back up. Um, I mean, look at was it the Spanish flu that when they opened back up, the second wave was 
like triple the number of deaths. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks it, it, it looks like our our governors might have skipped uh history class or, you know, paid someone off. But it's all good. We like I the said Uh-huh. Uh, I said we haven't even got technically in that aspect. We haven't even gotten the second wave timeline because that's not supposed to happen until like winter again. When winter comes around, when it like mutates, that's it's going to get even more dangerous then, supposedly. Mm. Works for me because I don't like being outside in the cold anyway. <laughs> exactly. <So> I'll take <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and jump into the show. Uh, we like starting off these sections with uh we'll start off these podcasts with a section called what you've been playing but before i even do that i also want to shout out our subs on the channel uh you know we've uh i was affiliate maybe about a month ago and it finally took me until now to finally get some sub badges to finally get some emotes so go ahead sub if you have your twitch prime sub still go ahead there's like a button somewhere on the screen so you know click that use your twitch prime sub but uh, yeah, you know, so support your boy. I'd appreciate it. But uh, we want to shout those people out that have been subbing, and also want to shout out the people that are still listening through, uh, you know, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, if you're listening still through there, remember five stars that helps us out. And you know, if you see us sharing something on internet, sharing something on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Go ahead and you know hit a reshare. Go ahead and repost us. Uh, that reach helps us reach more people. So do want to shout all that out. Also want to shout out Subject Chi, our mod in the chat. Uh, major thanks. But like I was saying, guys, what you've been playing? So this week we have like a giant game. You know, part two of what we talked about last week, and we're going to you know put that in the back half. We're going to go ahead and start off with some stuff that we played beforehand. But, well, you know, Aiden, you're on the show. We have to know, what have your quarantine games, like, what have been your go-to quarantine games over the past, like, month and a half, two months? Ah, okay. Well, um, not going to lie, you know, obviously Final Fantasy VII is big right now. That's all that's been on my mind. But before that came out, I was probably socially pressured from everyone on social media to get uh, Animal Crossing. I've never gotten (laughs) Animal Crossing before, and I got it. And 10 minutes in the game, I'm like, this is a waste of money. Why why did I get that? So don't feel bad, because that happened to a lot of people. A lot of people saw the hype. They ran out, bought a bunch of Switches. They're like, yo, this Animal Crossing, this is the bee's knees. Let's go ahead and uh, buy it and play it and see what it's all about. And like, just like you said... (laughs) After like ten minutes, they're like, "Yo, this is stupid. What am I? Why am I shaking? Why am I shaking trees? <laughs> why? Why am I in crippling debt to a raccoon?" <laughs> that actually got me thinking. Like, yeah, I should. This gave me back into Minecraft. So I actually restarted a Minecraft server with a couple friends just nice. to pass the time as well. So, you so, know. In, so in your opinion, um, between the two, Animal Crossing, Minecraft, like, what do you like more? between the two because i know that there's certain things that mm-hmm. people love about animal crossing and then minecraft i feel like to this day is still like that game that you can just pick up and play especially if you're playing with friends like the, the endless possibilities really but you know what what was your reason to jump to minecraft okay uh they each bring something to the table minecraft 
you jump in with friends and there's just it's a lot more freedom obviously it's minecraft so you can do whatever you want you can construct the world destroy and you can go fight an ender dragon and it's like more room for imagination but mm-hmm. then i could flirt with girls on social media if i play animal crossing because that's mm. the only game i'm seeing a lot of them play <laughs> so i'm um, doing that just to you know like get socially in with the crowd so it's it's a little bit difficult though they make it very tedious to play multiplayer somewhat on animal crossing so mm-hmm. i'm not sure why i landed that aspect so what was it about animal crossing initially that was the turnoff for you um well probably just the waiting uh i know there's the whole time travel thing but um there's a social pressure not to time travel man fuck that pressure go ahead and do it man (laughs) fuck the pressure be a time traveler like me you know slap on your capsule corp jacket time travel like uh, like trunks and then piss off the god of destruction (laughs) let's go ahead and do it okay okay good to know i'm not the only one playing the game too then this chat (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, if you want to play the the game the wrong way, then play it how Chris is saying. Um, but, you know, <laughs> but really, though, like the thing about Animal Crossing to me, and it seems like you you definitely understand this and maybe it's just not like it's just not your, your bag. And I totally get it because it's not going to be a lot of people's bag. It's it's honestly something that it's the topic of the conversation around, like, you know, most the, the most gaming communities, I would I would imagine. Um, but that waiting is like a lot of the appeal, strangely enough, like it's it's the expectation that when you wake up the next day you log in like there's something new that's waiting for you whether or not that's like you know new rocks new resources to hit or like new art um not art um fossils to collect or you know maybe a new store is like in town things like that like there's always something to kind of look forward to Uh, and that expectation and i think that creativity i think is you know i guess i don't want to compare minecraft animal crossing too much because i think those are like vastly different experiences but as far as like the creativity in animal crossing i think it is a very different kind of creativity like when i see people making their islands they're terraforming and things like that i see some insane things and don't let chris fool you like you know he talks a lot about time traveling which he does and i don't super agree with it but his island is pretty (laughs) badass like he has a he has carefully constructed his island to be something that kind of represents him in a lot of ways and it's just it's really cool to see people really um kind of dig in to stuff like that yeah that's a good perspective actually but uh besides i was gonna say besides uh minecraft uh anything else i think um this has been a couple games that's come out recently but uh yeah what what else have you been playing i tried to give resident evil 3 a go because i love 2 but uh i just i don't know i couldn't jump into it and i haven't tried in since final fantasy 7 came out because it came out very close together Mm -hmm. so by the time i got uh started resident evil 3 final fantasy 7 like sorry (laughs) sorry dude that you're cool, but I'm going to go with this guy instead. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but maybe I'll jump back into that. Yeah. Um, so Resident Evil, did you get far into it? Or was it just something that, you know, you popped it in once or twice, and then, like you said, Final Fantasy popped in, popped up? Oh, enough for Nemesis to annoy the shit out of me. And the, uh, it's gotten to the frustration point. So I'm not sure. A little bit of both. Uh, 
when it gets extremely frustrating, you just gotta put it down for a little bit, and then come back later, mm-hmm. and then see if you can finally get past that point. But I, from what I hear, um, I'm not alone in saying that this one just didn't have the draw as compared to the its predecessor. So um, I don't know. I don't have good hopes for it. I've been not spoiling it for myself so far. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still, I think. I still have, like, the second one to play. Yeah, it's still lying around here somewhere. But um, I've, I've always heard good things about Resident Evil uh, 2, uh, the remake. Yeah. And um, you're right. Like, the third one, just, I think it's it got hit with it's more or less of the same. So mm-hmm. with it coming out back-to-back, that sort of made it lose its thunder. So, um, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'm surprised they didn't do a thing where they released, like, some sort of, like, remake of, like, Code of Veronica or, like, some sort of other spin-off game before jumping straight into three. Because uh, mm-hmm. that's the problem that uh, like people are sort of burnt out on it. Uh, look at what happened with like Assassin's Creed with Call of Duty. When we get it year after year, I, I feel like gamers attention spans have shifted now. And, and they're playing it's... for it for next year. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not in a rush to really play two or three right now. Uh, but at some point, I know once I jump into two, I'll have fun with it. And I guess I'll sort of stagger me playing uh, Resident Evil Three. Yeah, you 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 particularly will really enjoy two. Like you, I think you will be a Mister X fan. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, that may, maybe that's a that's a game that I'll I'll stream down the road. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So, anything else? What else you got? Uh, honestly, I've, I've been lucky enough to still hold on to some work during quarantine where I haven't actually had, uh, too much time to play many other games besides those so far. Okay. Uh, hey, but hopefully, good. hopefully I'll get some more time soon. Now that I finally finished seven or yeah. FF seven. Yep. It's, and it's a, it's a game that, you know, we're about to jump into, but before we jump into that, uh, me and me and Rod actually have been playing, uh, a co-op game. Um, pretty recently, I think we just started playing last night, but I was on the internet and just like, while looking for stories, uh, to talk about today, I just came across an article talking about Tom Clancy's breakpoint in my mind. I was like, wait, was that like a DLC for wildlands or something? No, completely separate game. It's like, it's sequel ish. I think, I don't know. Um, but more or less, uh, breakpoint came out. Didn't really get any hype because it was more or less the same from uh, Wildlands. And it's, you know, sort of like what they're doing with Division too. It's that um, RPG slash third person shooter. Uh, but with the RPG elements like pumped in, you're basically getting like the same weapons over and over again, just with different colors. So uh, for the most part, since, you know, that pretty much was what the game was completely off my radar i didn't care about it but like i said this article came out and was talking about this new update for breakpoint and what this new uh difficulty mode that they added well not even just a difficulty mode is more or less like a different way of playing the game yeah. you can play uh breakpoint like the way they launched it with like the gear score with like the different uh rarity levels for guns or you could jump in and like all the guns in the world have like base stats. So like the 
uh, sniper rifle that you pick up at the beginning of the game. You can essentially use that sniper rifle, upgrade it with like mod slots, and use that same sniper rifle throughout the whole game. So it essentially turns Breakpoint from an RPG shooter into a shooter RPG, where now when you headshot people, you're headshotting people. Like a bullet to the head is going to kill somebody. So seeing that, like I was like, wow, like they pretty much removed the whole loot chase that has sort of burnt me out on these type of shooters. So I was like, you know what? I think this game has like a demo. Let me check it out. Turns out it's not a demo, it's a game trial. So you essentially download the full game and you have six hours to pretty much do whatever you want. Play the full game, like you you actually own it. So I played enough of it. I was like, you know what? This is actually really dope. But with this being a, like a ghost recon game, you really want to play these games with other people. You want to be in some sort of squad to play these games because I was getting my ass whooped. Like the whole time I was playing by myself. So uh, I was like, yo, Rod, download the game as a game trial. Uh, it's, you know, I think what, 50 gigs? It's like 60 uh, gigs. 60 gigs. Uh, you have six hours to play it. But with me already like jumping into the boat, buying the game, whenever we play co-op, you like your time doesn't go down. So you can essentially play uh, for unlimited time with, you know, the trial person up until I believe june like mid-june so Mm -hmm. there's still a ton of time for people to sort of jump into it and luckily the game is on sale it's still on uh sale for the spring sale on playstation network so uh, i think about 20 bucks uh if you're thinking about picking up the game that was a really good time and like you know i had james look it up uh told him to download it too he was like yo why is there a season pass why is there a spanish pack why is there none of that stuff matters right now like right now with the base game you don't have to worry about buying dlcs and stuff like that you're good to go so uh that's my rant about it rod you've also played it what are some things that you sort of picked up from playing you know for about an hour or two um i mean yeah like like you said well the first thing that struck me is that it's a ghost recon game with no actual ghosts in it like like i mean your fellow squad mates like your squad mates are supposed to be like actual live players that's weird to me like ghost recon has always been a a squad based tactical shooter um where you are actually giving commands or issuing them to actual squad mates uh and for that the the game to completely go against that is jarring to me i feel like it should have just not been ghost recon but anyway it's neither here nor there but the it's it seems kind of entertaining i mean they have some of the staples that that these tom clancy games sort of have uh you know modern military espionage like the kind of um you know you get drones you you're you're rewarded heavily for like you know marking your targets uh attacking as tactfully as possible um honestly i read a um I read a brief preview of the new immersive mode uh, the other day, and it likened this game to Rambo First Blood, which is exactly what this feels like. Um, It it makes you feel like Rambo. Um, And, you know, you're just like a one man or woman force of nature, and that's pretty cool. Like, that that part of it is neat. Uh, There is some jank in there. It is an Ubisoft open world game. Um, There's a lot of... Like you open the map and there's a billion things to go check out on your little mini map. So it is like that type of game. But I think the moment to moment gameplay is uh, satisfying enough for me to want to check it out at least a little bit more. Yeah, like we've like I think within a span of like two hours, we've already 
gotten to enough shenanigans where we've crashed we've I, not we've i've crashed helicopters <laughs> um <laughs> we've been flanked numerous times um i think my favorite was um uh you you got shot like at the top of the stairs and then mm-hmm. like while i'm trying to revive you someone threw a grenade on top of both of us so mm-hmm. yeah like it's pretty intense and um i feel like the, like i said this is like the perfect game to play with your friends so you know download it tell your friends to download it hopefully one of your friends own the game so that you guys don't really have to worry about the time limit but i've i'm having fun yeah yeah we'll it's, see. it's it's good for right now yeah like i will see if we feel the same way like in 10 15 20 hours but like so far like you said i think you nailed it like the shenanigans that we've gotten ourselves into has have been like pretty comical um and i, I think intentionally and unintentionally so <laughs> i think that's enough to keep me going for a bit yeah so um <laughs> uh, let me know if you guys want to play uh, i'm playing on ps4 download it hit me up and i do want to stream this some more so uh hit me up let me know so let's go ahead and jump into it guys final <laughs> fantasy 7 this is week number two james i'm gonna let you start um so far like how's your ride with like this back half of the game now we're going to talk about the game in a way where we're not really going to spoil stuff we're going to try and like tiptoe around certain things but then at some point we are going to talk spoilers we'll let you know um i'll remember to put a timestamp in the you know description if you want to fast forward but we're going to talk about final fantasy 7 remake right now james how you feeling Good. I am on chapter 17, so I'm staring down maybe at the last two hours or so of game, according to what you guys have been telling me. And um, I had not gotten to that weird story bit everybody's talking about, so I don't know what the issue is yet. But I'm 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 little I'm amped up for it. I'm ready. I've been enjoying my time with the game. Combat first and foremost is fantastic, and that's what's keeping me going through this. Cause um. Like it, it just kind of balances you between wanting to learn all of the characters at once. Yep. So, so who do, who do you who are you leaning towards uh, mostly? Like who's who's oh, your go to team? My, it's tough because I don't need to control all of them long enough to really figure out like what a mesh is. I just got everybody back, so I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, Cloud is always just like a good battery, no matter what. Yeah. Um, and then if I want to steamroll, I'll throw in Barrett. Let him take all the blows and just focus strictly on offense. Or if I just want to like get fancy with it, I let Tifa step in. But I mean, even Aerith and her more ranged style of stationary gameplay is still so satisfying and fun. And the particle effects on this game are insane. Ooh, amazing. So let me ask you: Are you sort of playing through the game as like you know, if you need to adjust your strategies, you'll adjust then? Or like, are you like, do you have like a set build? Because like halfway through the game. I forgot what boss kicked my ass, but I think it was Reno. I think once I got to Reno, I was like, shit, I can't just, I just can't, I can't mash square anymore. I have to, I have to like parry and block. So, um, like, are you like, do you have like a a strategy with your characters? That's what's been taking me so long is that I've been bouncing back and forth between builds. Just trying Mm. to see what each of the weapons do. Yeah. And that's one of the things I do like about this is that like, it's not that the weapons take you out of being able to compete. But they force you to change how you play. Yep. If that makes any sense. Because nothing feels more overpowered than the other. It's just like, am I going to lean on abilities? Am I going to lean on magic? Do I want to be more defensive? Um, and even now, like, oh, I don't want to spoil that. 
but somebody changes their playstyle dramatically when they get some in their later game weapons. Mm. And oh, that's not yeah, that's yeah. not really spoiling. Mm-hmm. It's just a and it, like it doesn't have to do anything with the story either. You just get yeah, some new well, weapon. But, but I mean, no, yeah, I, I get what wanna, you're saying, James. Right? No, I don't want that experience. I don't yeah. want to ruin it because I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I didn't know that was happening. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's when the first time I, when I got the weapon, I was like, huh. Mm-hmm. And then after like the first three or four battles, it like clicked, and I'm just like running through enemies now at this point. That's that's the really cool thing that they've done with this remake is that like the combat is very similar uh, in in philosophy that that it was in the original. Like you know everything that you mentioned about like the different playstyles being viable, like that was all in the original one. Like the materia system is really what set all of that stuff apart. So like you could always like talk to other people and say, oh well, how are you playing like you know this character? You know I'm more offensive or using you know more fire and elemental materia. I was like, oh okay, well I'm playing more defensively using xyz um and 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 they really did a great job of carrying all of that stuff over because i mean the variety in play styles is just just as uh deep here than i think it was in the original game that that's main that's like the main puzzle figuring Uh, how best to go about each situation and how you want to especially in boss fights mm -hmm. like i feel like i've I've grinded to max level at this point so i can kind of manipulate things a bit more in my favor and experiment Mm -hmm. a bit more freely but that's just like, because I'll have some enemies that if I'm not fighting them right, it'll take you seven, eight times as long to fight. But then you figure out that, oh, I got to do this first. Whole new ball game. But even outside of this, the combat, um, a lot of people were complaining about the sides quests and having to like do all the backtracking back and forth throughout Midgar or whatever. I think that is a key part though it's trying to make you fall in love with the city and mm-hmm. it's gotten to the point i can cut the map off and i can kind of just know where i'm going like i'm in places like wall market or in sector seven and i think that's it helps to impact the story itself I, I i like that you brought that point up i think by the time i got to wall market i i'm not gonna say i stopped using the map but the game world feels so alive that i started using um landmarks so like I would look for certain um like buildings or like I would look for uh, uh the Don's. I look for his place because he has like a like a higher up place. I'm like, all right, if I need to go to his place, just sort of look around and look at the skyline. I'm like, all right, that's where I need to go. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny because the map in itself is not too big, but you can still get turned around though sometimes. Yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, lose your sense of direction, and it's like this. Map is like one sixth the size of any like semi open world game I've ever played. No, I think they they hit that balance just right because a lot oh, yeah. of games will just feel open for the sake of being open, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's just no fun to traverse. But here it's like everything is still kind is narrow, but it's sprawling. Oh yeah, so you, yeah, you get a lot dense. more depth out of the world. Yeah, so. and you definitely get that like. Um, almost tokyo vibe especially in, like the wall market just from how condensed all the buildings are and narrow the streets and like navigating that way and uh each section of the city just brings its own uh environment and like atmosphere to the gameplay that uh stands out from each other it honestly excites me for what the rest of the uh i don't know what i call it the rest of the series has to bring because <laughs> I've, I've never seen anything else outside of 
what's been in the remake and then of course looks a few stills of the original final fantasy 7 but i don't know like what to expect next like i know about the golden saucer i know of it but i don't know like what it's gonna look like and that excites me now seeing what they've done with this <laughs> yeah hmm. i mean the same one oh. oh go ahead oh okay i was just gonna say did uh has anyone played the original uh anyone else here mm-hmm. yeah i have okay like all the way through yeah mm-hmm. okay so uh, I'd love to get like your perspective on that in terms of, like that change of the scenery as well. Uh, like just in terms of like what it was in the original versus what we see in the remake, like Walmart and yeah. stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think that they did a really. So my I think my opinion differs from maybe most of the people here. Like in the fact that like I I do appreciate the level of detail that square went to um to make the city feel alive um and and there are i mean wall market i think is probably the the most grandiose uh part of this of this whole thing um and and the the one that's the most visibly changed i think from like the the original i mean the original does have like you know you get the sense that this is a you know it's a neon soaked city and things like that it's like just a place full of sin and debauchery like you get that in the in the original but i think they do pump it up even more so here and you get a little bit of that scale um and yes you guys are right like it it is cramped i think purposefully um i think where i differ a little bit though is that i feel like that is kind of everywhere in Midgar, uh, and and maybe that's the the point. But you know, it does feel like I'm being funneled um, pretty much from corridor to corridor. It felt a lot, a lot like Final Fantasy 13 in that way, which I I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, and so you know, we we have like this this, um, and I don't really think that most of the game opens up in that way until you're literally in the last fight where you do kind of. <laughs> things feel a little bit more epic in that way um not only because of the actions that you're taking but the environment around you um but yeah i mean in terms of just visual design um like i think they did a great job of bringing a lot of that stuff to life and translating it in a way that felt um like a new take and like an an updated version of what we've already seen if that makes sense Mm -hmm. for sure yeah so what about you and your thoughts? I take it you're also a FF7 veteran? Yes, I, I am. It was actually, uh, that's why it's like nostalgia was on the menu. And mm-hmm. when they brought the product out, it's like, ooh, the chef delivered with this. <laughs> um, and, but that's the thing. Like, I, I didn't want to go, I want to say I didn't go into it with any expectations, especially mm-hmm. since almost every numbered entry in the franchise is like, almost been like a different style of gameplay because compared to like 15 that one was an open world you know like you know exploring that way this is so linear Mm -hmm. and uh but in that sense it definitely helps build the world more in terms of like uh like an understanding of a um like a lore and uh flesh fleshes out because it forces you down these corridors where you get to experience where compared to i think an open world you'd be able to uh, you would probably miss a lot of that stuff because uh due to random encounters or certain aspects of the game that you just skip past because there's so many hours of filler content this one because it's so linear they almost are always throwing some type of quality at you and i think it really makes it uh a great 
for this game, especially for something that's only one sixth of the uh, originals game time because midgar was not a big section in the original yeah yeah, yeah. Like, so i'm actually i'm actually playing through the original game right now and i'm actually mm-hmm. surprised how quick i'm already caught up to <laughs> you know the remake i think right now i'm i think i just got to like the bike chase <laughs> and i was like wow like you know I, like from the beginning of the game to like where i'm at right now in like the uh, original game like they played through a lot of stuff. Like a lot of stuff, just you know, they they. I want to say it, uh, it overstated as welcome. But like certain certain sections, I'm like, all right, I can I can sort of like I I don't want to be here anymore. And I think for me, like that was the the train yard, the train yard. Like I was like, this is stupid. Why why are we doing this? Why can't we just walk out? But like, I was yeah. like, I was sort of glad to see that in the main game, it it was literally like one screen that you went. Yeah. Through. Yeah, that's a that, that's that's the thing for me is that like you know I and Aiden I definitely would be curious to hear your thoughts on this as well. Um, for <laughs> for me it, this is this this game does have padding to it. Like there are, I've seen some takes that are like you know oh my gosh it's like just quality for every single hour. Like I understand I guess I understand where they're coming from, but dude there are definitely sections they stretch the hell out uh, for a long Damn. period of time. Um, and I don't think it's totally successful. I feel like it's a mixed bag. I mean, sometimes you have the train yard, but then you have chapter four, like the Jesse stuff, like that stuff is strong. Um, but, you know, and ultimately I feel like it's a, a mixed bag. I don't know if it's fully successful at at kind of giving you 10 hours of that content versus like the one hour that we might get in the original game. Maybe not even that much. <laughs> Aiden, did you feel like most of that stuff was appropriate maybe did you feel like it didn't have patent like what what were your thoughts on that for the most part i did feel it was appropriate but yeah i definitely uh i definitely agree with what you guys were saying because some of it just seemed like they were trying to stretch it out um especially the train yard the train yard was i went to bed one night because it's like screw this like i do not feel like playing through another two hours of filler content at 2 a.m um but I think it served a purpose, even if uh, they really were trying to stretch it out, because it really delved into more character development and probably got you more invested in terms uh, and understanding of people's personalities. So it wasn't totally pointless, if you understand that. But yeah, a lot of it they could definitely circumvent or sped past. Mm-hmm. But if they kept the, uh, if they didn't have that filler content, you know, people would also be pissed that the game would be too short. Uh, that's like a huge uh, uh, criticism of the uh, Resident Evil remake as well, is that game is really too short. I feel like if you didn't put that filler content in, then Midgar would just probably be like 20 hours long at most. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle like when the full game however long it takes to come out uh at some point we'll have like the full remake game i i want to see if how that's going to be like, handled will we like that's the thing we'll have to talk about that later but like this I'm, I'm... this thing what they have done is simultaneously the most insane undertaking and most ambitious but also simultaneous i can see some people being infuriated but it's also insane. <laughs> i would have preferred i prefer what they did here rather than 
do a one for one like you know exactly yeah. shot for shot you know what i mean like they're they're putting their own spin and taste on this in a way um and i'm gonna definitely have a told you so moment um very shortly when we get into that <laughs> but go ahead um well i mean <laughs> i i feel like we're we're at that point in the conversation where uh spoiler spoiler alert has to come out and uh we we're sort of gonna have to jump into this um so James, I know you said that, you know, you haven't finished it yet, but you're comfortable with us talking about spoilers, right? Yeah, how long are we going to be doing this? I might just, I might just excuse not, myself for a second. Well, Man, I mean, James, I, let me this you, close, I might as well just finish it. James, James, honestly, I, I don't know if you, do you know anything at all? Do you have any theories on the ending? You have to actually say it here, but do you think you might know what's happening? I thought I did. But now the rules have kind of changed, so I'm not 100 percent sure yet. I don't like right before, like right before yeah. we started recording, the rules changed, so I'm yeah, not 100 okay. sure anymore. I, I it may be like... difficult to. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's a, it's just I feel like it may be difficult to tiptoe around without like spilling any details. That's cool. For the sake of the podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna step aside for a few minutes, and I'm gonna come back when y'all are done. Okay. okay. I'm doing this for you guys, the listener. <laughs> you, you will thank us, trust me. We, I do not want, I want this reveal fresh for you. I, um, just if you text, you know how to get me. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, but, all right. So, all right. So now for the listeners in the chat, um, if you don't care, go ahead and stay. Listen to us talk shit about this game. But if you do care, I think how long? We'll, we'll take what, about 15, 10, 15 minutes uh, to sort of delve into this. Um, you know, come back uh and then come back within like 20 minutes uh but i think at most you'll probably miss the trailer of the week but if you're listening uh on spotify apple podcast we're gonna have a time point sort of just fast forward to so wherever that time point is click on it or fast forward now that we got that out of the way spoiler <laughs> spoiler warnings are have been in full effect god yes, okay. damn this ending. Who wants to take? Wow. Who wants to? Who wants to jump into this? I I I, I want to just start by saying, do you remember last week? I had that theory. Like at the end of last week's show, I was like, you know, I pulled you aside. I was like, hey, I gotta tell you about this thing that might be happening. I have no idea if it's actually true, but it probably is. Do you do you remember this? I, see, and when you were saying all that, I was like at the point where they're sort of like revealing all that. So I was like, I don't want to say anything. Okay. <laughs> I just felt so vindicated in that moment because I was like, I knew I wasn't crazy because my, my memory of seven is foggy, but I remember a lot of like, I remember a lot of things about it. Um, and, and, <laughs> you know, I, I, and there were certain things that were happening and certain things that weren't happening that should have been happening. Um, but the characters were physically being stopped from, from completing those, those tasks and doing those things. Um, you know, and the whole point of the watchers immediately, or what are not the watchers, what are, what are their names? The, uh the they're uh the arbiters of fate whispers. Uh, of fate. the whispers thank you yes yeah. the whispers so as soon as like they came into play i already knew i already thought something weird was going on you know you get the flashback with um with what uh, marcus uh in in the room um you get obviously all the air stuff when you first kind of meet her again um mm -hmm. and like everything and then the the biggest giveaway to me was the the beginning of chapter chapter eight during that uh that you know fight scene where like you know cloud is about to like kill this 
man. He's about to finish him off, but he's unable to do so. And I was like, oh, that's kind of that's weird. That seems like you know they're interfering with with fate, right? The <laughs> fact that you get to the end of this game and they basically straight up look at the camera and say, "Hey, this isn't your your dad's Final Fantasy anymore." Like <laughs> at this point, at this point, they're all standing, like all the characters are standing in a circle, and they're like. Hmm, I don't think this is supposed to be happening like this. Yeah, this totally feels really different. I don't know. Yeah. I do, I can't put my finger on it, but this just feels <laughs> off. I don't know why. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was so, yeah. so mostly, mostly I would be mad about something like that because I hate, and anytime I'm watching a film and someone literally has to state the theme of the film like to the camera it, it really annoys me. Uh, but, but I was so blown away that Square had the gall to like, even do this with one of their like most beloved franchises of all time i was like wow i was just in awe that they would even go this far mm -hmm. at, this, at this point where we are at the end of this game they they've basically laid their their cars on the table and you know look we you and 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 all of us we have no idea where this is going we could totally give you the things that you are familiar with and go off of that or, or we can just go in a completely different direction it literally ends with the unknown journey begins or continues or something like that <laughs> um so aiden this, this is where i'm i'm kind of at right now i i honestly think that they what we'll see a lot of changes like significant changes and maybe we'll get like a smattering of familiar uh faces and, and locations but but i really i hope and i think that we are going to see entirely different scenarios, unlike kind of what we did see in Midgar, where it was mostly familiar with like added content. I think that we we're probably going to see some brand new stuff. Like, what what are you thinking right mm -hmm. now, uh, dude? That that's how I base that sums up my feelings about the end of this game. Um, as much as I said I was trying to go to this game with no expectations. From playing the original, it was almost impossible for me not to like assume that they're going to stick to the main storyline. But um, now that it's happened, and I'm like processing this entire uh, the chain of the events, and actually you know, like going back and like uh, analyzing some of the quotes that were said, especially between uh, Sephiroth and Cloud during that mm -hmm. fight at the edge of creation, which happens at the very last scene of the. Uh, the original game, if you remember that, that's the very last battle. So I'm like, okay, you've already taken to the final battleground. I'm not sure what you're doing. Right. But um, I've come to peace that, you know, the story is going to be different. However, the way they introduced it into a different way uh, is they've opened up the possibility of alternate timelines with you know the whole zach thing and the different Oof, uh so good the different puppy uh and final fantasy does not have the best track record of making those stories work and they're very hard to work uh having alternate timelines final fantasy 13 that whole thing was about different alternate timelines and it felt like there was almost no consequences and that has been probably uh proclaimed to be like one of the worst final fantasy games of all time and so that's I'm like, you guys don't you guys can change the game, but you're very dangerously close to possibly fucking this up by introducing right. this meta reality to the mix. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, the, so, I mean, the, the, the meta tech 
Netflix to me is it's fascinating to me because not only is it just it, it's a it's almost like a reaction like Tetsuya Nomura the director for this game like it, it almost feels like he he created this whole meta uh, text with, with the 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 whispers as like as a surrogate for the the player themselves uh kind of knowing that like okay you've experienced this before you think you know what's coming and maybe you're kind of you're you're influencing as the player like you're passively influencing these events or, or trying to um and, and like almost it's almost like square themselves are like the characters like our mm -hmm. protagonists and saying like no we're gonna make our own fate our own destiny here and create something totally new um and i'm if they commit to that like it's one thing to do all this posturing at the end and say uh, like you know oh look how great and original we are um it's another thing to actually you know make part two three four of this and like not do or or end up doing a one for one remake because then if you do that it's like well would it spend the last like few hours of this game kind of setting up like mm -hmm. it, it 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 really puts and honestly it, it makes sense why this is not called final fantasy remake part one you know it's the remake to me <laughs> is literal like like it's it's there it's the indication is that we're taking we're, we're transposing like these characters we're elsewhere not just like in a place that you already know okay that makes sense like, yeah the the part one is the remake but going forward it's not exactly a remake is it though exactly. it would have to be uh, so they can't that's why it's not called final fantasy remake part one exactly it, yeah that. so, I, so i gotta i gotta ask you guys so since both of you guys have like actually finished original seven do you think with them uh you know this next game it's going to be a little bit of like not a little bit but it's mostly going to be new things with how they've uh introduced like zach still being alive um <laughs> Do you think that there's enough? Well, do you think there's enough to make just like just one other just game off of this, or do you think they're gonna have to do uh, a part two and part three? Because like I oh definitely definitely more definitely more than just one really because I'm yeah. what I'm what I'm hoping is that since they have the ability to sort of change the narrative of the story, they can sort of mm -hmm. you know skip over parts that people didn't like of original seven. But then add the new stuff so that it could sort of be like a a more like streamlined uh version of like that second half of the game. So uh sort of like when you look at like anime with like with Dragon Ball Z, how they did the Dragon Ball Z Kai, how they essentially got rid of all of the filler arcs and went straight into the story. I would want I would want to see that for this next game. But then of course them adding all of the new stuff. But you, what you're saying is that they they have too much in the next half of the game uh to just do like just one other game it has to be like another two or three yeah i think so uh just because even if they aren't going to follow the original uh events i think they're going to have to you know use that as a guideline in a sense to probably steer towards the plot though um maybe the third game i expect could be completely different but they've set it up to the point where the second game will probably still be on the timeline until it diverges at some point. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too, because I mean, like the Sephiroth that we see is not the real Sephiroth, obviously. Like, you know, he's just a projection from the Whisperers. And I mean, so he's still in the wind somewhere, presumably still alive. Uh, and <laughs> like, I'm assuming that Cloud's journey will still be 
like confronting him at some point like that's that to me it will be the ultimate through line to this and if i had to take a wild guess it's not that hard but i would imagine that most of the tension now is going to revolve around whether or not eris actually dies like if yeah she, does she actually perish in this or like you know does she actually die? does she die at all or does someone die in her place like i'm thinking so it, that's where theories come yeah, into here's, play. Here's, here's my hot take on that i feel like with them uh keeping zach alive he's gonna be the one to sacrifice himself and he'll he'll die in Aerith's place see this is something that i meant to ask ask you chris but because you hadn't played the original e7 yet but you did play crisis core so maybe this is kind of cheating and i was like, fucking me, hype when i saw zach you know you went when they did the shot for shot of the ending of crisis score because you gotta also remember i literally like played that game right into final fantasy 7 so seeing that scene take place again within a span of like a couple days i was so hyped stupid yeah. hype because i was because remember last week i was upset i was like yo how do they have crisis core and not reference anything in crisis core in this game and then of course a couple mm-hmm. hours later pie in my face bam here he is <laughs> yeah. still alive it's- I, I do wonder how much that stuff like really resonates with people who haven't played the original. Cause I was, yes. I was talking with some, with someone who, who hasn't at all. Um, and all that stuff felt completely flat for them. Like all the attacks, the way they, like, they introduced it, it made this? no like, sense. Well, that was, it was just like, you know, the, the only nugget that we get in, uh, in this is that in every green park you're talking with Aerith and you know, Cloud's like uh, I think she says something like you know yeah I used to love this dude once and he's like Cloud's like hey what's his name and then she kind of mouths the word Zach but you don't actually hear it yeah and I don't and I think and even then I, I think that people who don't know still won't catch that people that like us will get it but yeah I, I think not <laughs> everyone will and so it feel it feels like the 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 all the meta stuff will kind of go over everyone's head so again it's a it's a big swing and i think it, it hits for me um but i do wonder like if you didn't play it like does it still hit on that same level especially oh, I, I wouldn't have given a fuck about the ending then if i didn't play crisis core to tell you the truth like i think that the whole crisis <laughs> core is uh twist uh that's what won the the end of like this whole like the wrap-up for this story right. for me was that i i was i'm heavily invested in like the crisis core characters the game right i think you know that zach that's my dude when they you know i could i could sort of see how like if i didn't play the game and the way they sort of threw in that scene of uh you know him fighting the soldiers and him where i thought they were about to kill him off again of uh, actually like standing up and staying alive if you had no idea on what was supposed to happen you i'm pretty sure you're confused because mm-hmm. yeah so you know that's that's unfortunate but like that's sort of like how they sort of build these type of things, especially like these remakes, these remasters, they, they throw in things like if you've like fucked with the series, you know, and you know, watched the movies, played all the spinoffs, they're going to throw things at you that you'll really enjoy and you'll get the most out of it. So I guess when yeah, people but, say, but, but, when people say, uh, should I play the original? Should I play all these spinoff games? The, the, the answer for the most part is, is typically no. Uh, but for this game, since, you know, we're like left at a point where they don't explain that whole uh, Zach and Aerith relationship. Those people are sort of like left in the dark. They have no idea. So, yeah, which I mean, it's well, hard for me to give like a full cosign to that because it's like, well, the square's trying to have their cake and eat it too by like saying, okay, 
is a remake. Everyone can play it. And then, you know, you don't ask someone to play like a 70 hour, 60, 70 hour game, like before you play this 40 hour one, like just typically. And you don't want to structure your story like that either, especially if this is presumably the first in a series they've advertised heavily. So it's like, I don't know if I can like as, as impressive as it was for me, like the ending and, and it is impressive. Like it's hard for me to say it's completely flawless when like you're kind of leaving a bunch of other people out to dry. We just needed a little bit more information or context in game about Zach to me to make that more effective. That's true. Yeah. The biggest concern though from that is if they're trying to because they're bringing back a character who a whole like character development around Cloud in general is Zach's death. Like right. Zach's most contributing factor to the series is his death. Exactly. Is I'm scared that they're going to try to do what they did in Kingdom Hearts three and have like a full go happy everyone wins oh, kind man. of ending and that's i'm like no because they pulled some punches they pulled out the iconic prison blood scene from the original game i was so looking forward to that and they completely omitted that in uh in this game so and yeah. they have wedge uh biggs and jesse they die in the original mm-hmm. and from what you could tell you know biggs is definitely alive right jesse may still be dead and wedge may have died i'm not sure because the whole yeah yeah um but i'm just worried that they're gonna start pulling their punches and if that's the case then the consequences it's just it's not gonna feel like there's anything on the line yeah like you you bring up a an excellent point so like i could not stop thinking about kingdom hearts 3 like as i was playing this game it has it just has kingdom hearts written all over it to me and and i a good and a bad thing um and 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 the thing i feel like most impressive about final fantasy 7's story the original one is the fact that cloud's narrative arc is largely about imposter syndrome and uh, like you said like that revolves around zach's death and that now that he's not dead like what does that do to his character that is a an excellent point and i think the probably the most pertinent one that they should answer going forward not necessarily what's happening with with Aerith, even though i know that's probably like the more more popular but i definitely want to see what happens with cloud now like that's well, fascinating he, he's still dead in cloud uh the timeline that we've been in he's right. still dead because the puppies so that that's where like the whole like what mm-hmm. universe how are those universes going to intersect well uh, i mean what i took out of that yeah. was when they got out of that void area that they're in that's them stepping into mm-hmm. the new timeline because oh. that's because that's that's when we saw the change with the dog, and then that's when we saw the stuff with the Zach. Oh, everything else oh. up until that yeah, point true. has been like really close to the original game, and then the whispers mm-hmm. they were there to stop any drastic changes. So like, yeah. uh, you know, fighting Reno, um, fucking Barrett almost dying. I was like, yo, what the fuck oh, are yeah. they doing right now, <laughs> dude? But dude, okay, <laughs> man, like I honestly. That almost got me. Like, I, I almost thought that he literally died, and that was, like, the Aerith moment. I was like, they're doing it this early for Barrett? Yeah. Wow. Um, they, was, they, 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 heard, they, heard, they heard your concerns in the last episode. They're like, yeah, yeah. We, did, we did pretty bad with uh, writing this character out. Let's just go ahead and kill him. So, someone spoiled that on Facebook for me before it got to that point, and it, kinda, it really pissed um, me off. Um, but, um, no, yeah, that, that's definitely true. The, um, but also, did you know... One of Sephiroth's parting words is seven seconds till the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people have been pondering about that as well. So the thing is, though, the most likely theory 
is in the original game, the amount of time Sephiroth is falling from the sky to plunge his sword into Aerith's chest is seven seconds. So with his words being like, what will you do with that time? Makes you wonder if this next game will give you a choice. Mm. It's like basically what you're saying, like whether, you know, probably if there's going to be a choice, it's probably between uh, Tifa and Aerith. And if the game is so linear, I feel like they would be able to write in enough content to flesh out a story for a branching storyline each way. Mm, I think you're giving them so much credit. Yeah, maybe. I'm <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I, mm, I would hope for that. That sounds really good. But I think the whole yeah. like seven seconds thing, I, ho- I, I have a feeling they're going to give us the idea that we have a choice. But no matter what we do, like, I think... Their their whole story is like you know um their whole stick with this uh whisper thing is that you know these stories like this fate is like destined to happen you can't stop it so I think mm-hmm, even yeah. with the you know knowledge of shit seven seconds I have to save her I feel like right before you're able to reach her they'll still kill her mm. <clears throat> yeah that's that's I mean I mean I mean honestly no matter what happens there whether she dies or not like I feel like that would be a powerful it could be a powerful statement on on fate itself anyway like you, no matter how hard you try you, you know fate still comes for you doesn't that's really matter like, exactly yeah it doesn't really matter it's dark but like i mean it would be you know poignant so you um, should have lincoln park play like at that part <laughs> <in> the... <laughs> that's a way to close it out <laughs> yeah i bet i bet the next game probably if i had to uh, let's just assume that this is a trilogy i mean they could do part four or five i suppose but assuming that it's a trilogy i, I would assume that the, this next part would end with with that whether if whether it's Aerith or tifa whoever dies uh, um it would be it would end with the, the permanent death of a party i would have to mm-hmm. imagine yeah that's that's definitely it, and it, I, it this next game is going to have a lot of, it's going to be running high sorry go i ahead. i still stick with them i think zach is going to be playable and i i i, I want to call it now that he's he's he'll be the one to die I think you just played a lot of Crisis Core. Oh, man, I fucking love that game. <laughs> <laughs> so Zach, good. I, that's the thing. Like, the diehard fan of me is like, you know, Zach's still dead in my head. Like, I refuse to accept that he's back. Because wow. I've made my peace with it. I've made my peace with Aerith's death. Yeah. And I was, like, so, like, her scenes in this game, like, I was fucking fond of love with my seven-year-old waifu again. And I was like, I am... Oh, oh! I think we made a loss, Aiden. Uh, yeah. Kind of going, 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 going. Oh, did we? Oh, he's back. You're back. Uh, oh, is he? Um, oh. yeah, he's he's. I don't know if he. I think we'll tell him in the chat that oh, yeah. he's going in and out. It. But go it, ahead. Uh, while while we're working, while we're working on uh, getting him back, uh, I definitely want to add on to what he is saying. Um, and and Aerith is. So such a bundle of joy like in this game like i i i don't think i've played a video game where i've encountered a character who i just want to spend my entire time with like i just only want to play like with as like i want to only play around her do all the quests with her like she's just so much fun she's so witty and charming and funny and and just excellent excellent character a plus plus like that 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 beginning of chapter pretty much that most of that chapter eight stuff i think is like a 
highlight to me. I think chapter nine is very special for a lot of reasons, but chapter eight mm-hmm. is for her. Yeah, I love that character. Yeah, so um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up our conversation on Final Fantasy. Um, we're going to let James know to come back in, but um, just it's just a, it's just a really good game. And I know that it's 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 good you know the yes there are there there's problems uh but at the same time i enjoyed my playthrough i enjoyed my you know my 40 ish hours playing the game and even got me to do all the side quests and that in itself is hard for for like any game for me to do Mm -hmm. for sure all right so um we are going to jump into our trailer of the week guys and this week um we're gonna talk about what well, i talk about we're gonna look at uh the next game and the was it the dark anthology or something like that dark pictures dark pictures anthology yep we'll be <laughs> right back all right so we are back episode 61 second half of the episode of course we got uh that tall guy you know and I know, hopefully you know, but it's it's our boy Aiden. He's with us today. And uh we, you know, we talked about some Final Fantasy. So now if you're, you know, listening through the audio version, it's safe to actually listen now. Um and you now shout out to everybody that's watching live on Twitch. Hey guys, if you sub, I have icons now. Go ahead and check it out. But we we'll go ahead and jump into the news this week. This week, uh I mean, once again, like with everything that's going on in the world. Like stuff is still happening, but it's at like a slower pace. So you know we're getting cancellations of major uh, conferences and uh, like events. But of course, you know GameStop wants to be in the news, so we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> but uh, this is gonna be like an extension of the story we talked about last week. Uh, last week we were talking about uh, Valorant's anti-cheat system. How Riot is like, yo. They're on their, they're on, they're on, they're on their good shit. They're like, yo, this thing is like really good. Don't have to worry about anybody cheating in this game. And it's to the point now that, you know, of course, last week we talked about how this anti-cheat system actually runs while the game isn't running. Like it's running nonstop on your computer. So, um, a lot of people didn't like that. A lot of people for a good reason, you know, they're against that. So right, right now they're offering up a hundred thousand dollars for finding vulnerabilities in Valorant's anti-cheat system. <laughs> to me, that's like telling the internet to like <laughs> try your best. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Um, how soon do you think that uh, people will be able to find some vulnerabilities? Or uh, like, are we sure that are we sure that it hasn't happened already? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to see. If there's a. I'm trying to see if there's like an update on this. But so far, nothing. There's no uh, there's no some... update. When did this challenge go out? Heavy uh, proclamations that they're unhackable in the past, and it only takes a couple hours for a couple people to break them. So I won't expect too long either. Yeah. So there's like different levels of uh, like a bounty page that they have for it. Let's see. Uh, I think it starts at twenty five thousand. There we go, twenty five thousand for finding um, unauthorized access to sensitive data. Thirty five thousand for code execution on the kernel level, and then you know there's like different levels: fifty thousand, seventy five thousand, and then a hundred thousand, which is code execution on the kernel level. So, um, 
if that makes sense to you, cool. If it doesn't, cool. Uh, but it's interesting that they're literally, you know, putting their money where their mouth is. So right. that's good on them. Um, hopefully, uh, no one's able to to crack it. But at the same time, I feel like it's only a matter of time. I give it two uh, weeks. You give it two weeks. Two weeks. This is the internet we're talking about. Yeah. Right. That's I'm being generous. <laughs> I'm being generous. <laughs> if, if they're putting money on it like that, I'm gonna give them some kind of defense. I'm giving it two weeks. Yeah, I'm sure there are many 4chan threads right now going. And, he, and people on 4chan, they've been brazen lately. I think didn't they? Who's um? Lately. I think <laughs> Valve. They right. uh, they're what got stolen? Something got like hacked. Like where I, I saw an article where basically um. They're saying like there's like some huge vulnerability in Valve like multiplayer games. Yeah. So mm. Mm, I don't know. Not a good look. So that's that. Next up, like I said, GameStop is, is always, I feel like every other week, every week, we're talking about these guys. But <clears throat> similar to what we we're talking about at the beginning of uh the show, uh certain governors not gonna point fingers or anything like that. But they feel like it. We're at a good enough place to, you know, open up stores, open up barber shops, open up nail salons. And for GameStop, they're hearing, "Wait, you say open up? You say (laughs) (laughs) risk the health of our employees and make some money?" And that's what they're doing. They're pretty much reopening some stores in the middle of this pandemic. Um, The CEO of GameStop, they're take he's taking a fifty percent salary reduction. Um, and some other like board members, like uh, I think like Reggie Fizeme, yeah. he's also taking a thirty percent cut, or maybe another fifty percent. But yeah, so it's it's cool. It's interesting to see that you know these higher ups they're taking these pay cuts at the same time, but it's still not worth it, guys. I understand that these these uh politicians are saying it's safe to go outside. It's not. It's not, it's, we're nowhere near that point. Uh, if you, like, once again, like, just like a week ago, just like a month ago, if you can stay at home, stay at home. If you have to go out, if you have to work, if, you know, if you're an essential employee, you know, be safe. You know, make sure you're wearing some sort of, like, face mask. If you don't have, like, these, you know, medical grade face mask, make something. Um, you know, some, use some sort, some form of, uh, you know, safety. Uh, gloves, make sure you're washing your hands, all that. I mean, honestly, don't change anything that you've been doing for the past month. Like, we really still need to hunker, uh, bunker down and, and, and get through this. Georgia has not experienced the 14-day decline that's actually regulated by the World Health Organization uh, to actually be able to reopen how the uh, dumbass governor is basically trying to do. So, uh, they, you know, some people think that human lives are, you know, not are, – are, you know, worth the cost of business. Um, that's bullshit. I don't think that we should really mince words about that. Uh, GameStop's not the only business doing this. Uh, we just have to be talking about video games, so we're kind of picking on them. But like, yeah, it's it's bullshit all around. Uh, it's it that makes no sense. Um, and it to be frank, it's it's infuriating. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, lastly, this week, um, it, it turns out that. Uh, Nintendo. I don't know how long this has been available, uh, but you could 
sort of set up your two-step verification on your Nintendo account. Um, if you don't know what that is, that's essentially every time you log into your account, you will either get like an email, you'll get some sort of like code sent to your phone, email. Uh, some places use like uh, like apps that will make the code and then you'll type it in. But yeah, uh, Nintendo's, I think now, the I don't think, I know Sony has it. I'm not sure about Microsoft. I think I that Microsoft has it. No? I know. I don't know. They might. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it's all, I mean, at the end of the day, it's good to have. I know it causes, you know, logging in to be, you know, a little annoying. But at the same time, yeah. it's that extra step of security. Um, yeah. Some people, they say they have, oh, I have like a really good secure password. That password gets out in the open. It doesn't really matter. And make sure that if you change your number, you change the pa the account stuff too. Get the one-time password. I've made that mistake twice now on two different platforms, and it is not fun trying to... Oof. Oof. Um, yeah, because I think, I think that happened uh, like recently, didn't it? Yeah, it happened with, uh, with my Steam account account and it actually happened with my playstation like a uh, less than a year ago i guess at yeah. this point i was trying to recover my steam account i had uh i had 2fa on and it was attached to my old number which i obviously don't have anymore um and i had to go through through steam's customer uh, account or service and they didn't give me as tough of a time as sony did but it was still a pain in the ass to kind of like wait for people to get back to me to verify my identity i had to give like all sorts of information about myself just short damn social security um yeah it was annoying um so yeah be careful if you're using it yeah be careful but at the same time uh still use it yes <laughs> still you still use it yeah but yeah that's what we got this week really short news bit um you know if there's anything you guys want to talk about of course join the show live talk to us in the chat or talk to us on social media uh you know we're should I play that on all these platforms? Or if you want to talk to me, associate Blackrot. If you want to talk to any of these guys, um, I'll have at social media things somewhere around here. <laughs> yeah, or so, join the Discord. You can talk to or, me. Or, yeah, good point. Join the Discord. We have a Discord, guys. Jump in. Uh, we didn't have a game night last week, but I do want to do something this week. I think we'll play another round of Jackbox. Maybe play some uh, some other games. Might even do some like a like an anime or movie night. We need people on the server to do that though. So hope to see you there. All right. So this week we're gonna talk about video game soundtracks, scores, how and like the importance behind like the music. Um, you know the the biggest like point that we could you know point to right now uh, for me is Final Fantasy VII did a excellent job. <laughs> with the soundtrack like to the point where now i'm sort of looking around to see if i could buy like a physical or at this point i'll take a digital version of the soundtrack but you know what what i just want to ask what do what does you know a good game soundtrack what does it do to you what are some memorable ones like off the top of your head um what how like what do you how do you feel about just soundtracks in general uh you know aiden you hit me up on social media about this i was like yo that's a really good, that's a good-ass question. Let's go ahead and talk about it on the show. Aiden, how do you feel about game scores? What does that mean to you? Okay, well, first, can you hear me? Am I, is my sound coming through yes. all right? Yes, yeah, you're pretty okay. good. Really good. 
video game scores to me are almost a good 60, probably around 60% of it if the game resonates with me like long after I beat it because music is really what immerses me in the world of the world because it sets the atmosphere and the tone or the lack of music therefore also it really depends on the situation but you since a video game is you know you either you're looking with your eyes and you're hearing with your ears uh basically like you're hearing the music is half the sensation from the game and uh if a song if a game has a very strong like soundtrack that has like beautiful tones or like just gut-wrenching like horror noises uh i don't know it just sticks with me i have dreams about it afterwards um it's actually what inspired me probably i'm a musician it's actually what got me into music in the first place was the original final fantasy 7 kingdom hearts soundtracks legend of zelda that's really built a lot and then you got games like bioshock and silent hill 2 where it builds that sense of horror uh you really need a good sound atmosphere in order to fully expand on that, uh, the world, I think, personally. So, um, you know, you, you brought up the point of, you know, back then Final Fantasy VII sort of got you into, like, you know, the whole music uh, atmosphere. How did you feel about the remake? You know, what did you think about this soundtrack? Like, what, oh. what, was, it, what was it like rehearing these uh, soundtracks of the past, like, just revamped? Eight out of eight, great mate. I was at work today, and I was actually found the OST on YouTube and just started listening to it for about uh, five hours of my shift. And <laughs> it was it was nostalgic. Uh, I mean, obviously, with the new technology, the new renditions of the songs, some classic songs, it takes you back, but also like fully immerses you in a whole new, um, a fresh new coat of paint on it all, and. Uh, it reminded me why I fell in love with a lot of the characters back then. And I mm. uh, really just brought back that old sensation for sure. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. Today. Yeah. And okay. uh, I actually, actually bought a keyboard so I can actually learn some of those uh, songs. Nice. Uh, <laughs> because it's like, damn, these songs are great. So, Yeah. <laughs> So Man, awesome. what what's something and I guess this is just, this is open for everybody what are mm-hmm. some games that like when you think of a like just the conversation of just video game music like what's what's like the first thing that comes to your mind uh I know for me um you know we, we were talking about this in the pre-show and I was like damn like they're going to fucking laugh at me about this but pretty much you look at any of the Sonic games we look like at, at any soundtrack in any Sonic game, but they they always it's always on point. Like that's something that has that's something that has always get good music. <laughs> you you know you the the music's always dope and like it always like it. You hear the music and like I also think of the game when I when I'm playing the game like the like it's just it goes back and forth. So you know you you have like you know the original Genesis games, uh you know Green Hill Zone, uh Flying Battery, um, uh, Doomsday Zone. And like Sonic Three and Knuckles, like certain soundtracks, like I I hear it like randomly on my uh like on like some playlists I have. I'm like, damn, I really feel like playing these games again. I feel like I feel like playing some Sonic Adventure Two, and then I play it. I'm like, fuck, why did I do that? But <laughs> but yeah, what about you guys? 
Man, my go-to is always Zelda. Always gonna be Zelda. And I was uh, I was off for a walk this morning actually into some um it was just Zelda Lo-Fi playlist on Spotify. And Song of Storms came on four separate times in that walk, three of them back to back. So I went up to make sure it wasn't gonna rain today. But like it's just like that kind of um that kind of emotion, that kind of draw. Like I hear Song of Storms, I think rain. I hear Saria's song, I like pause for a second. And I kind of just like take a deep breath and it just kind of calms me. It's weird how that works. Even if it's not always just the music, but just the sound effects. This is which game is even uh, Banjo Kazooie. That game really drove home the use of sound effects for me. How it can just like completely change the way you look at a. It just really makes that place seem so much more alive and fun. And it really sells the tone of like that rhymy, almost Saturday morning cartoon kids' book kind of vibe that it gave. But, like, I love the soundtrack in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All right. What about you, um, Rob? So, actually, before I get into mine, I do want to piggyback kind of off what you said about, about Sonic. Like, I will say this about Sonic. I, you know, <laughs> about Sonic Adventure <laughs> specifically. The one thing that they have done with that music is that they made it so, like, every character had, like, their own sort of sound. Like, Sonic had, you know, like, like that pop punk thing going going on uh tails had like some i don't know avril lavigne type thing like you know <laughs> yeah. um big big had uh, like the most what the hell was that like i mean i liked it it was weird it was like a duet but like with the guy the guy was singing by himself it was weird as hell but i kind of liked it i mean big was, big a, was a weird character Be- like big, big is a big is i don't know what the anyway so yeah that there was that um when I think about uh, when I think about game soundtracks, so I mean it, it kind of depends on what context we're talking about. Like if we're if we're talking about like okay, what soundtracks do I just generally enjoy? Then like it would be Jet Set Radio. Like that is what I always think of. I always, I mean, the, the soundtrack is half of that game's appeal to me. Um, it's not only is the music just completely incredible, it, it's it's baked into the game world. Like it, it is literally a part of the the narrative that you're participating in. Um, the you're, it's it's literally a radio in the game. So you have like breaks, like ad, uh, like ad, not ads, but like um, what do they call them? Like bumpers, basically, like for Jet Set Radio, uh, mm-hmm. with DJ Professor K. It's just so cool. Like back in the day, and that 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 game is just the epitome of cool. And so is the music. Um, now if we're talking about music that literally shapes the way that you play something. I always think about uh, what I what I think is the the granddaddy of these kind of games, which is Res. Um, I don't really think you any better than than Res. Um, the the music is obviously the background noise, but it's also the reason it's the sound effects. It, it you are technically creating the sounds that are that are, are coming out, uh, which is which is amazing, and you know you you literally make beautiful music in that game. And then it's fantastic. So uh, I always think uh, Meteos on DS is another one I always think about as well. Uh, um, I want to say that's a Tetsuya Mizuguchi game. And uh, he, he perfectly encapsulated puzzles with uh, slamming. Like, it's it's great. I mean, you're also creating the soundtrack, like the backing soundtrack on that. Ape Out is a recent example. I uh, made my game of the year uh, last year. And, you know, uh, another game where you are creating that, that break, that break beat sort of jazz style. Um, I really enjoy 
enjoy that. Like it's uh, it reminded me of the movie Whiplash, which is a modern classic. Like I I love stuff like that. I love when the game gives you the ability to control uh, the sound directly. Like that that always gets me. So those are definitely the type of games that I always. I think for me the soundtrack, like it it has to be like the the cherry on top for like the tone that they're going for with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking about game of the year last year. Uh, Astral chain was up there for me. And I feel like yeah. what sort of put, pulled everything together for me, like the whole, like aesthetic of the game, how it sort of felt like an anime was that when like these, like a lot of the stages had music that sort of feels like it's sort of pulled out of like an anime or something like that. So yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I feel like certain games, uh, you sort of lose out on the full effect of the game once you like if you mute the music. Right. Oh yeah, I can ne- never do that ever. Like I, you know, you make a good point too about like what, like what, what games kind of replicate a tone through the music. Mm-hmm. And Judgment from last year did that really well. Like the intro to that game has this. So the super sick like J drama intro like it it's so good it's it's <laughs> like I it gets nowhere it sets you in the mood it sets the mood for it yes oh, exactly oh, it's such a game yeah I was ready for that that was yeah good, good call Roddy what were you about to say Aiden I was just saying yeah you're right it's such a strong part of the identity because how many uh, songs can you hear and immediately associate that with the game like you know even mm-hmm. classics like metroid super mario bros i mean just going way way back i mean n64 when they're just 8-bit sounds you're like oh shit i know exactly what that's from uh it's if you didn't have the music in there it, it would be almost impossible to not identify or to uh identify it or with any kind of character or personality mm-hmm. um yeah especially yeah. in in the games, because uh, a good example that came out for me also was like the God of War, uh, the recent one that uh, the twenty eighteen, they did mm-hmm. amazing with like all the chants and like the very like uh, mm-hmm. Norse, uh, you know, like eighth century mythology kind of like soundtrack and tone, and like they didn't really use any um, the the instrumentation and use of vocal chants, just like. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, now I feel like a very big Norwegian badass just like going around <laughs> and busting dragon heads and such. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Um, you know, that somewhat reminds me of another franchise that I don't hear a lot about anymore, um, uh, but I think the soundtrack is exceptional is uh the Halo. Uh that was an ex- yeah, that, that was an example yeah. where like they started with the concept when you go back and listen to that Halo 1 main theme, you know, with just the basic chanting and there's some drums in there, but it's it feels slight compared to what we got by Halo 3 where we get like these insane like guitar riffs and all sorts of shit and it's it, it but it sounds good. It sounds like it'd be messy, but it it doesn't really. It feels, it's evolved. Music evolved. Um so that's a play on comedy ball. James, I tried to get like you for a second. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, a really, really good franchise, I think, for music is, is that one. Um, and I love the ODST oh, yeah. soundtrack. That might be one of my favorites, honestly. Uh, I love the piano ODST. backing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you know what else? Uh, I want to point out that sometimes like, they'll, 
I want to even say like the lack thereof of music or just like slowing down like the pace. Like I think of Animal Crossing, like how that game, like the music is so, it's so peaceful. And I don't like there's certain times like I, I, I'm either like I'm doing stuff on the island, but sometimes I sort of sit back and like look at everything I'm doing. And like the game does a good job of like sometimes like you know there's music playing like like in the background, but sometimes like you'll hear the aesthetics of like your island more than you'll hear the music. So like sometimes I'll like be on the beach and you'll hear like the ocean hitting the hitting the uh, the shore and right. it's it's a game that like if you allow yourself to sort of be like you know pulled into it like you could be pulled into these games by just. The sheer fact of like the the sound design that they put in these games nowadays are just yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah. Animal Crossing real quick. I'll think about how I'll be sitting in a menu and then I would have like mm. float by and I oh, gotta, gotta get that present. I need yeah. that present. <laughs> it's just yeah. like we like carrot and stick kind of thing. So yes, time to go. Absolutely, absolutely. They do a really good job with rain too. Like, have you guys noticed when it rains in your on your island, like the music actually does change a little bit. Like it's almost like a uh, a more slight version of the hourly tune or whatever usually plays. It's very um, and you even hear. Speaking of sound design, that's a good point, James. Like in that game, like no matter where you are outside, inside, especially if you're inside of a building, you hear the pitter patter of the rain, like hitting the the roof, the roof of where. It's really really cool, and I I love that. By the way, five p.m. That's a jam. That's the best jam in that game to me. Yeah. Gotcha. Double nap. Okay. Hmm. It's oh, yeah, like, I was going to say. Um, no, I, I, I was like, I had a game in my mind and completely like it left, but um, now, now I have it again. Cadence of Hyrule. Like that oh, whole cool. game is built on music, oh, and it's yeah. essentially a uh, a music game built into like a Zelda game at the same time. So like you're essentially playing a Zelda game while moving along to the beats of the music. So that in itself, like it's once you first start playing it, it's weird. But once you start getting into the ha ha cadence of the game, then it like, it, it, it sort of opens up and you, and you can really enjoy the game. It looks like you're hurt, James. <laughs> Puns all around. I'm trying to think of um, back to Final Fantasy for a second, even the wall market theme, and now it just kind of fades depending on where you are in the, or it'll change like its style. Yeah, like you get like that ranchy vibe when you first get in there, and then mm. you kind of get more like that 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 urban kind of like gritty feel, mm. and then you get like the um more like a stringy feel depending on where you are. So good. Yeah. That is pretty good. And did did you hear the trap version of the Chocobo theme? Chocobo, yo. Oh yeah. Choc- <laughs> what do you mean? I think slap. Like I, I listen, shook. I remember like I remember like running through like the alleys and like sort of hearing it off in the distance. And I'm like, wait, what what is that? Like I turn my head, like I'm moving over, like closer to like where it's coming from, and sure enough, it's a guy like ha- I think he's like handing out mixtapes. He's like, yo, take take my mixtape, it's fire. And I was like, yo, this is your mixtape? Yo, this is fire all around. I love it. Bought it. They collect all the other CDs. I had to at that point. Mm-hmm. Was pulled in. So it I worked. Like how they made that pretty relatable to you, know, like how people are in real life. <laughs> that sense. 
Uh, I don't get that so much anymore. Now it's I check my SoundCloud, but whatever. <laughs> the physical version of that, but right. also that brings up a good point. Also, did anyone get the feels when you heard Aerith's theme kick in again when you fall into that cathedral mm. and the bed of flowers? Mm-hmm. Damn that that uh, scene right there. Just uh, hearing Aerith's uh, like the rendition of it using more of a full orchestra feel just sent me like back yeah. ages i was like damn okay i i am back yeah in yeah. love with imaginary person again <laughs> dude the the beginning of chapter eight probably to the point where you actually reach her house like i think is probably my favorite stretch of that whole game like it's just it's literally pitch perfect they, they did everything right there from the banter to like even the camera shots like as you're kind of traversing like from the the church like to her house it's just beautiful. The music is spectacular. I think that's the one thing I think that game did. I think I, I have almost no complaints about is the music. They even give you varied themes for the battle. Like it's not the same yeah. thing each and every single time. Like that, um, and that game. I, I think Seven might have my favorite battle theme. Like in a Final Fantasy, it's it's great. So man. even in Walmart, the different sections of the city had the same song, but. Right. Uh, yeah, different instrumentation depending on uh, which part of the city you were in. Yeah. Um, but also going back to uh, bringing up another game where music is huge for it is uh, the Doom Eternal. Especially since Ooh, yeah. the polar opposite coin of that is the uh, Animal Crossing, which came out the same day, where one is <laughs> super relaxed, super laid back. You know, you're going to use it to calm down after a long day at work. The other one, yeah, like I'm moving fast. We're going through. We're going to slay yes. some demons in a gory, bloodthirsty kind of way. Yeah, let's put on some fucking heavy metal chants mm-hmm. to this shit. And I was like, all right, you know what? I decompress with one, build myself up with the other. Yeah, it's quarantine's going great. You know, it's so weird, but that was the opposite. Like I decompressed yeah. with the Doom soundtrack more than I did with Animal Crossing. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I will, I didn't play Eternal. I played the the original. We talked about this last week, but it was just something about like that Zen state when you finally get into like the movement and just the music just driving you through the demons. That's what it did for me anyway. Yes. No. Absolutely. Well, that's the yeah. great thing about music. People are going to interpret it differently depending on the situation too. Hey, I was gonna say quick. I was gonna say quick side note. You know that um. The composer, I guess he's on like the outs with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, with Bethesda, with Bethesda, he mi- yeah. He mixed the uh, they mixed his uh, OST for the the official soundtrack. It was a terrible mix. It was like they it peaked in certain points uh, where the instruments where they're really supposed to shine. They ended up all like muddling together, and it's just it was just awful. So I I completely understand why he was pretty justified in that sense yeah you cannot lose that man you cannot <laughs> so at, th- at this point what what would be a way to win him back do you do they re like i mean at this day and age you could you could put out patches on on music you know kanye he does it all the time but i mean do they do they, they do they um you know put out a patch to fix it do they um re-release another soundtrack like what, what do you think would be the way to to you know keep them if it's just soundtrack i don't think they're talking about in the game i think they're talking about like the soundtrack outside the game so no, 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 no. yeah that's what i'm saying like like music yeah. soundtracks could be patched 
The physical well, ones can't, though. They need to give him who buys, final, who buys physical uh, anymore? That's your fault if you bought physical. People like finals. <laughs> yeah, finals. The answer to your question, Chris, is that they need to give him final final cut on uh or final mix because like that that's that's what I think he actually said too is that like uh say on on like how the mix sounded. So give him promise him that for the next game. Um and I, I would hope that they would give it to him. Uh, I don't and and it's a, and I would would like to say too that it is a, there is a difference between it being Bethesda and because it is the actual de- developer there. It's Bethesda who's actually putting out the the soundtrack and and messing it up for everybody. Yeah. So they I, I hope that's a shocker. It, right. Right. So I hope that that <laughs> they, it kind of talks some sense into their publisher and says, hey, like we need this guy, so don't don't fuck this up for us. Um, yeah. And it's just a bad look too. Yes. Yeah. It's a real bad look. But they can find a way to mess it up, they will. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, just going back to the point, Doom does have like that really good soundtrack of you know, like I played a little bit of the first one. Um I need like I went ahead and rebought it. I'm gonna play through it. But good. like from, nice. from what what I remember, I remember like, you know, going through hallways just being like hype that I could like Mow someone down with a shotgun and then finish them off if they're still alive by like punching them in the face or something. Like, it's just it, it, mm. all of that. Like, it's you have the music in the background, and then of course, like the sound effects of everything happening is also like really visceral. So, it's yeah, like I think it's all around package, uh, of just like the whole sound design, the soundtrack. Um, and that's what the majority of these games I feel like if you take away any of that, like, the game sort of loses its soul a little bit. Okay, so, so here's a good question. Mm-hmm. Can you think of a game that, that like, you were on the verge of liking, but the ruined it for you? Or is what was pulled down by its soundtrack? Hmm. Huh. That's, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, that is a really good question. Um, I don't know if a, I don't know if music has ruined me like it, it like if i'm gonna like a game it typically that, that really is a great question um i mean if i'm gonna like a game though like I, the gameplay is probably it's probably gonna carry me through like even if everything else about it sucks like i can kind of get past a bad story i can get past, past bad music and everything like that but if i'm not enjoying the act of physically playing the game it's gonna be really really mm-hmm. hard for me to keep going i got an answer for you james smackdown oh. versus raw 2007 trash <laughs> Trash playlist. Wait, I gotta, I gotta see what the uh, the theme was on that one first. SBR twenty seven. You said two thousand seven. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was like the first one on the next gen consoles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So never give mind. us an example of what you're seeing. I just remember seeing this box art and remember not liking the game very much. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the song. That's part of why I know I didn't like it. I don't remember any music. Yeah, certain games, especially like the sports games or sports arcade, um, I feel like music, once again, just go back to the question, like the music is sort of like, it's all around. Like it it has to be good. Like the Madden games? Yeah. Man. Early, like, yeah, PS2 Madden's, bro. (laughs) Put me on some good music. Oh, yeah, that was Madden in 2004. I think so. Matt, I remember that, but yes. Oh, I'm so old. <laughs> Dang, that's a good. That's a good question. Like, besides that, you know, I can't think of another game that 
has like upset like upset me with the soundtrack. I could see. I know ones where the sound design, like it, it was off. You know, I the good thing about you know like the new technology is sound design has gotten so much better in terms of like your proximity to like certain events, especially where it's important. Like uh, the the Last of Us is a good one with the clickers, but uh, I remember them trying to implement it in like previous like uh, sound based games where it just like it was awful because you would think an enemy is so far away because you can't see them, but they're actually like right next to you, but. Oh no, I can't think of a music that has brought me down, but just like the way that's mixed into the game, it's bad. Like Fallout mm. Three, if it was pretty badly mixed into the game. Mm. See, that was one of those games I didn't listen to the music at all. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, that was I would, when the the three sixty was out. I exploited that whole rip the CD thing to yeah. the fullest yeah. of every game I could think of. Dead Rising had a custom soundtrack. I played along with that. Call of Duty, I played custom soundtrack with that. Fallout Two, or, or especially Fallout not Fallout Two. 2. Like Fallout as well, <laughs> mm, yeah. Because personally, I wasn't into the old like that '40s, '50s style music, so it, it didn't appeal to me at first. I was just younger, so I was like, I want something I'm gonna like vibe with. If I'm out here just marking these robots, I'm gonna do this. There we go. All right. Actually, mm-hmm. online game. That's when the music ruins me. I can't tell you how many times I go into League of Legends and get in there. I, the first thing I do is mute the music because it just. You know, it when a game where you're trying to concentrate and you gotta know like hear what's going on, the music definitely gets in the way, but also just becomes so repetitive after a while. I think that's the instance where video game music could annoy you. I can think about one too. When I played uh Final Fantasy fourteen, the Chocobo oh, yeah. music, like great for a minute, but then when you're just always on Chocobo and it's all you hear, yeah. Yeah. It gets a little grating. I can see that. And um I didn't play this one, but I did hear a lot of negative backlash about the original Dragon Quest XI soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I heard that it wasn't orchestrated. It was a lot more MIDI. And I hear that that's something that ruins it for a lot of people. And I think they, you, then they, yeah. they fixed it in the Switch version, version, yeah, Switch right? version. Yeah. And I think it's only on the Switch version. Yeah, and that's what huh. stopped me. Like, I want to pick up the game, but I, I feel like I don't want to play it on the Switch. But I hear of all of, like, these really good updates that they did for the switch version but i'd rather play it on pc or a ps4 so i don't know it's tough but i you know just thinking about like that last question of like worst songs like i of course you already know i, I have a, a, a degree in in google foo so i pulled up a couple that i sort of agree with but then some were like you sort of like reaching here so this first one, for me, is a straight like attack to my whole character. But they said this. The, who who wrote this piece? This person said Sonic Adventure Two Pumpkin Hill rap. Oh, sh- I mean yeah, it's 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 bad, but it's it's, it's so catchy. bad it's, it's good though. <laughs> like yeah, like it's it's kind of like I'm not gonna sit here and be like it's that's good rap. Mm-hmm. Sir, but like no. it's, it's pretty entertaining though. It's pretty entertaining. I, YouTube, I looked it up not long ago. That's good. I feel like yeah. like I feel like that statement describes Sonic Adventure two in a nutshell though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Sonic good, fan, but I still like. But I still love it, right? <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, it's crazy because like the the dude who actually does the knuckles raps, like it's so creative 
like what he does like i do respect it i really do and and i honestly i respect him and his skills and and it's ambitious like to to actually take like take the persona of this character and create this rap with it because i mean rap fits knuckles i don't think i really thought about that until i actually like really heard it in a sonic adventure Uh, game i was like i I was like dude this this definitely fits Um, so we all know knuckles is black though so Makes sense. Wow. So it's on it's yeah. on brand. Super on brand. <laughs> how does it work? Like how do we just attribute these these things we just know? Like Piccolo's obviously black. I was, I was about to say I yo, Piccolo immediately. Right? Yeah. Rude is also black. Yes. Rude. I was yeah, his VA. Yeah. So we got that one too. Um But if you didn't know, James, Barrett is a black man too. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Jeez. I think they went so over the top with his voice. Like, he is always... Thank you. You know what's funny? He's Nick Fury in, like, any of the games that they've released from now, from, like, the last, like, 10 years or so. You're right. Yeah, Yeah, same thing. Also, actually, it's some pretty famous voice actors I didn't know in the game until I looked it up. Like, um, any of you guys watch uh, Breaking Bad? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Wedge was Badger. I knew show. it. Yeah. I knew yeah. it. There he goes. Yeah. I, I, had to, I had to look it up because this voice sounded really familiar. Yeah. Yes, his voice sounded so familiar. I was like, is he like in a Disney cartoon or something? Like it, it just seemed like it. I've heard him before. Yeah. Um, him, Jesse, yes. Heidegger wow. is uh, Jake the dog, Bender. You know that yes. actor. That's him. Yeah, that's yeah, Bender. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. Uh, what surprised me too is the person who voiced Aerith. That was her first ever voice acting role ever in her life. Same, same wow. thing with uh, Cloud. Really? Yeah. Wow. So apparently she killed first. that. Yeah, she, I know. She did a Jesus. spectacular job. And uh, Jesse was um, Futaba from Persona. Right. No, um, Sephiroth um, was uh, Superman from the CW series. Huh. huh. Brandon Root? Wait, no, no. No. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm right. You, you're right. That's the real Superman. I, damn. Going back to the Final Fantasy, now that you've played the remake, um, I got to ask you, did you, um, since the original game was all text, were you surprised by any of the voices? Or were you like, when, uh, when you played that game, did you put like the kind of voices that they use in this game? No, nope, uh, Bar- associate them with their actual characters. Barrett sounded exactly how I thought Barrett would sound. Yeah, he. I yeah. was hoping for a different. Well, we talked about this last week, and I felt like I was. I, I felt like I was the only one who felt this way. But like, I I fucking hate. I fucking hate him. Like, I I hate his. Well, I don't hate. I don't hate Barrett. But like, I yeah. hate. Like he is. Like in terms of his, his persona. Like I hate that they've played that up so hard i was hoping that they would tone it down just a little bit like don't make him so stereotypical but they went just like full they said fuck it dude we're going all in um it's not like that the entire game the whole game dude at at some point i was i was like dude this is especially towards we could later but like now especially considering what we know this game like is like there's no reason for this shit like there's no actual reason for it like you can't hide behind the the it's it was the 90s excuse like it, they could have been different it could have been different but anyways yes to answer your question the voice acting i thought it was spectacular like mm-hmm. pretty much all around and i will say barrett had good moments like his voice right. actor had had good moments i still hate what they've done with him and i don't think right. it's good i i hate it but like 
his voice, his VA did. You know what? My bad. I got that mixed up. He actually plays Nick Fury. Rude's Dude. voice actor was Jax. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, my bad. Okay, what? Which also boggles me is how they nailed voice acting, especially in terms of conversations in this game. Yet they had like the Kingdom Hearts three come out last year, and it was the worst clunky like dialogue I've mm. ever heard in my entire life. Like, Direction. How do you go? Yeah. How do you go from yeah. smooth and fluid? Or how do you go from like horribly clunky in just a year to like incredibly smooth and fluid unless they're purposely going for that design? Yeah, it, it's yeah. It, I mean, it, a lot of that comes down to the, the directing, like in the booth, yeah. like whoever the ADR is like they're <laughs> they, they have to be on point because if they're not and it's clear that Kingdom Hearts 3 just had a really bad one. Like so many of the lines are so flat and stale and it's just oh, yeah. bad like this. Honestly, this is the game that kingdom hearts 3 should have been like in a lot um and yeah they i think they knocked the presentation out of the park uh for the most part like mm -hmm. I, I think it, it looks great uh tifa feels like mature which is cool uh Aerith is is playful and and charming she's great cloud is kind of like that stoic douche like it's it's awesome like it really is they really gave him a lot of emotion. Uh, they developed his character here so much faster than in the original game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did. I was impressed. I was worried about that. I, I don't mean to turn this back into a Final Fantasy conversation, but, like, but yeah. I, I, was, I was very impressed that, like, with Cloud, they... I was afraid that they were going to lean too far into the, like, cool guy Cloud. Uh, kind of, like, oh, yeah. post-Final Fantasy VII, because that, that's not... That's not Cloud. That's that's no Cloud is a dick. Like, and and that's that is the character. And he he grows over time. He becomes kind of more of a, of a human being, basically, like a normal functioning one. Um, and the fact that they actually call attention to this throughout the course of the remake, like, is really cool. Like, people call him out several times, and I I love that. Like, they I think my, just my favorite part was the high five part with uh, Aerith. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's like a really good like uh indication of like him sort of like opening up and warming up to her and like it, yeah, it's yeah. it's perfect because they do that whole sequence in i think the tunnels uh sequence where like they, they do something she's like all right cool and like try, tries to go for the high five and he just looks at her yeah but then by the end of the tunnel he's like actually going for the high five which right I was really yeah cool. like cloud's yeah. too cool for school like he's kind of annoying in that but he's but it's purposeful like exactly. it's meant he's meant to be that way like i mean he, and and it's you're not supposed to like identify and go like oh yeah he's so cool like you're supposed to be like what the fuck is wrong with this guy but like the 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 fact that they, the characters pay it the fact the fact that characters actually comment on that and even in one side quest and i i wasn't the quest in this but there was one in particular that kind of highlighted and, and literally one of guy was like hey dude you're a fucking dick like like literally someone tells him that and um and it's great, and there's it's, there's no comment on it really by like any of the other characters, but it, it so it's just kind of like out there. But I yeah, love Barrett kind of get into it. He'll address it. Yeah, oh, kind, yeah. yeah, he kind of does. He's like, what the what the hell is wrong with you, dude? Right. What did we even bring you here for? Um, you know, <laughs> they didn't hold back with the cursing. I mean, obviously they didn't say fuck, but I'm actually surprised by how liberal they like curse in the game too. Oh He's yeah, like, you're a little bitch and shit like that. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Dude, fuck. That's okay. I'm like, okay. I was like. <laughs> Wow, I was like, holy shit! Um, Even Eric would say, "I'm think... not allowed." They're like, "I need to get approved for my parents." I was not allowed to play this game as a kid because my parents were afraid that it was cursing. 
now there yeah. definitely is cursing. Yeah. yeah. I think at one point, like, Cloud straight up just calls on a bitch. And I'm like, wow, yo, like, <laughs> Cloud wants all the smoke right now. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's cool that, you know, the direction that they went in. I feel like it's, it's modernized. Like, it's, I, you know, I've said this before, I'll say it again, you know, the, you know, we have our grievances with like, you know, how some of the characters are portrayed or like how like the direction of going with the story. But at the end of the day, can you say that you didn't enjoy yourself? Oh, no, definitely. I think uh, I wouldn't take back the experience at all. Yeah. So, you know, definitely... it was 10 out of 10. I'll just be honest. I enjoyed myself. Like if I, if I'm rating it based on like pure enjoyment from start to finish, I'm there with you, man. Like I, I feel like I just the way I played my games, like everything just worked out for me. So like certain boss fights, I wouldn't get too upset if I would lose because I can sort of sit back and think, all right, maybe I should use this person as like the tank, use this person as like, you know, my DPS, have another person as a healer. And once I sort of, like, sat back and started playing that way, which the game, you know, wants you to swap between characters. I know some people were complaining that uh, the AI is brain dead, but essentially, like, I feel like part of the gameplay loop is to swap constantly between your characters. You know, the game isn't made for you to just play as one character. You're supposed to be playing as everyone all at once. Um, Now, of course, there's certain things that, you know, you can sort of abuse with the AI. Like I realized, uh, half like well halfway through the game, that the AI, like the, the the computer that you're going against, will typically like you know try and single you out. So if an enemy is about to use like a big attack, I'm like, all right, fuck this, let me swap over to Barrett so he could take you know take the hit. <laughs> and sure enough, the boss would be like ready to like hit someone with like a hyper beam, and I'll swap over to Barrett, and he was like. Hmm, okay and then like turn around <laughs> and then just blast them with it so you know at the end of the day like there's you know there's small things like that that you can sort of abuse but you know use everybody and i my my recommendation is build everyone in your party to the way you want to play as them so uh damn i was gonna, i was gonna talk about this certain character that we talked about with the weapon but you know, right. there's certain characters that you can sort of change their weapon and they completely change how they play. So they change completely. Um yes, anybody can really be anything. That was a cool part about it. I think it's just good design. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a way to make it play your own way without it feeling like overwhelming or sh- or like everybody becoming the same. Yeah. Because I feel like when a lot of games when you can do that type of build your own character, at the end of the day you're like a jack of all trades, you're missing like two upgrades. Mm-hmm. But this, that feels good. Yeah, I like it. And so, definitely ready for you know whatever they're gonna throw at us with the next game. Twenty twenty one. Okay, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 that's optimistic. I would hope so. I would love, but I, I mean, apparently they they just started production on that. Maybe pre production in like November last year. So yeah, we got the assets. They'll be fine. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up for this week. Uh, like always, you know we. I guess Aiden, he's gonna come with us with some uh some positive words, a uh, quote of the week. Aiden, what you got for us? Oh, quote of the week. Oh, put me on the spot here. Um <laughs> oof, okay. Um 
I was gonna say the one that you gave me earlier was was perfect. So <laughs> if you want to bring that up, as as great. Um, All right. Well, I it's going. I sound a little pretentious by this, but you only play game when you play games. You only pretty much experience two senses. I don't count controller vibration. Um, that's sight and sound. So you gotta know the sound design is about half the game in that sense. So don't don't underplay it. Just just know it's it's a big part of it, and uh, good score goes a long ways. Definitely, man. That's true. Yeah. For sure. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and roll out the red carpet. Aiden, anything you want to shout out? I want to shout out you guys because you guys are actually some of the most one of the realest. Uh, video game podcasts uh just here and you guys are great people to hang out with and talk with but other than that um i just say no no one in particular but everyone needs to stay safe i hope everyone is staying healthy and hunker down play some video games good time to catch up great time great time james what you got for us you know what it is man catch the same time here next week twitch.tv slash ssj black course um, we're just gonna give him all the socials and stuff at the end of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so follow Chris's lead on those. Give us those <laughs> likes. Get those shares. Help us out. Spread the word. The realest podcast. You already hear first. Aiden said it. <laughs> wasn't me. I'm Mr. Green. Hell yeah, I'm not. Even, I'm not even associated with the uh, the program. So uh, that's definitely real and genuine. Come from me. <laughs> all right, and Rod, what you got for us? Wanted to thank Aiden uh, for joining us once again. And, sir, you definitely are associated with us. You're part of the Should I Play That family, man. Welcome back anytime you want. Um, Also, thanks again for James coming on as as well as usual. Really appreciate you, sir. Um, Mm -hmm. And everyone listening, uh, thank you for watching, listening, supporting. Uh, If you want to support us further, you can do that by checking us out on Apple Podcasts, leaving us a rating and a comment that gives us greater visibility through the platform. Uh, through the platform and we really appreciate it all right guys with that we're gonna be out remember join the discord let's play some jackbox let's play some video games guys be safe drink your water and just just be cool be hype that's us signing out peace peace wash your hands